0: All right. Welcome, everybody, to uh, In the House 2.0. Uh, wow. Scouts, we keep lining up stars week after week after oh, week. Oh, yeah.
1: Look at these guys. You I know. know. Me, and you, me and you are absolutely irrelevant. You know, these guys are on it. So uh, I think we should leave these two to talk. I mean, you go to the pub.
0: Uh, might as well. I'd love to do that. We see yeah. a WDRB in the background, and we've got a thick Northern Irish accent. The only thing this could be is racing coach here, Gary Kearney. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. we also got... Our buddy John Lewis on from WDRB. John, thanks for joining us. Oh,
2: glad to do it. Thanks yep. for having me. We've
0: got Northern Thank Ireland and Eastern Kentucky. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a mashup,
2: isn't
0: it? It really is. <laughs> so we got to go in here. Um, Scouts, you actually sent me a distress signal this morning. You didn't even realize. I had uh, Ethan the dog that most everybody knows about from Kentucky Maine Society he was coming in, and we were carting around to our different places as big supporters for OXMORE Auto Group and Oxmoor Toyota. And you called me about 8.15. You said, do you have the agenda? And I said, <sighs> no, I don't. I got a lot of things. He said, "I'll take it over." So, yeah, yeah. Scouse, I'm just here for the ride.
1: Cheers, okay. Boys. Well,
0: I'll well, hit stop when we are done. I hope,
1: I hope you've all got some purple stuff in your hand because we've got to get some very important business out of the way right okay. off the bat. So, our good friend um, Evan and his lovely uh, wife Katie, they uh, welcomed a uh, new member to Scouse's house into the family um, on the thirtieth, and his name is. Uh, let me see. Luca. So Luca was born on uh, the 30th of April, and in true uh, British style, we've got to kind of wet the baby's head. Cheers. (laughs) Welcome to the house.
2: Unfortunately, some of us are at work, but congratulations. That's Okay,
1: yeah. (laughs) So um, we're really informal on here. And um, so first off, John, how has... The introduction of Louisville City and now Racing Louisville being on your day-to-day work at uh, WDRB, because from your, the the stuff I've read about you on uh, the um, the computer, you know you're into basketball and right. and now you've got a curveball coming in here, which is uh, professional soccer. So how has that in- impacted you?
2: Well, it's impacted us, and I think in a very positive way. I mean, we we've been partners uh, you know, with with Louisville City, uh, with Racing Louisville, uh, and you know, on our, on our end, it's not just the, well, you know, racing, they, they've got a match coming up. Or Lou City, they've got a match coming up. We're, we've been able to, and thanks to the access of both clubs, been able to tell the stories. And that's kind of what, you know, we're in the storytelling business. And if you look at these rosters, uh, especially over the years with Lou City and now with Racing Louisville, um, we get to tell those stories and sit down and talk to those players. And I think that's really important not just for us content wise, but I think it's important to the soccer community out there. And maybe there are a lot of people out here that are not familiar with soccer, but sometimes they get more interested in it because they can find a player to root for. There's an interesting story. There's an interesting coach. There's, there's something there. Um, And it certainly didn't hurt that, you know, Lou city made a lot of runs in all those Eastern conference finals Mm -hmm. and winning will get a lot of interest going on. So that's what we have really seen. It's just been, it, it's been great. And it's at, it, all this, you know, and frankly, it happens at a very good time for us where we're able to put more resources and more time into covering the teams. And uh, man, I say what, when you get good teams, uh, that that's always fun. And that certainly generates interest.
1: OK, so uh, are we throwing you in at the deep end and all of a sudden you're hitting the books with, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, the idiot's guide to soccer? Well, is that the way it worked out for you?
2: But there's no question. And I, listen, I'm still an idiot. Anybody, you can ask anybody. But but what, is, what has really happened and what I've really liked is there have been coaches and players who have been very patient with some of us who are not you know steeped in soccer. Uh, I can remember, I was just talking recently to a friend of mine. I, when I was covering sports in Eastern Kentucky, it was a big story when a high school team got a soccer or when a high school got a soccer team there that was in the early 90s All it right. just it was it, 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 in Kentucky especially especially in the eastern part of the state where I'm from and where I worked for so long uh we're just not soccer's just not ingrained there but it is incredible how much it has grown and when uh several years ago when my brother told me that my nephew is going into soccer and they have a soccer field there in town I mean that was it was huge I mean that that's just that's what it is and that's how much it's grown in this state and obviously in this city and now with racing louisville you know this is a top tier pro team that we are able to cover here it's it's really exciting
1: yeah and did you know that hey you know um the guy that's right over there gary you know he's a, a published author did you know that that guy right there is
2: if, is it soccer for dummies because I, i'd love to read it
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: If you're struggling to sleep at night, it's a great read. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's going. he was going to go on the Oprah show with his, his brand new book because she was going to read it in one of her uh, little clubs right there and uh, oh, sure. tell everybody how to play football.
2: <laughs> oh, am I allowed to call it soccer on here?
1: You call it football. You can call it soccer. You can call it, uh, you know, the uh, whatever game you want it. <laughs> okay, all right. I just,
2: to, I, I just need some ground rules. That's all.
1: <laughs> So, uh, Gary, tell us about uh, uh, this—the book that you wrote—and you know, because it's the first time I heard about it today when I was reading up your bio at uh, Louisville City.
3: Yeah, I've—I've written a few books. I've done, uh, started in 2013, um, and I just wrote about the game changing and how, you know, coaching when I was growing up used to be pretty one-dimensional. It used to be if you wanted to work on fitness, you ran. If you wanted to work on tactics, it walk throughs. And if you wanted to work on technique, it was pretty stationary. Uh, the games changed in recent years, and it's got quicker and faster, and there's more science and more technology and more tactics. So there's been an integrated approach to training programs. So I wanted to write about how that changed and how the world of coaches have changed and how you know there's now in an era of a super coach where. Jose and Plop and Pep, and I just put some ideas down. Then I really enjoyed the process of it, so I wrote a couple of more. Just I would pick a topic and I would, I would go through it and do a bit of research and look at some top practitioners and share some ideas. So it was a bit of a hobby for a few years, um, and I enjoyed it. I don't know when the next one will be out now, but uh, taking a bit of a break to do so.
1: Cool, so. Um, I know from when I first started watching football, because you know, I remember going, standing on the uh, the Copper Anfield, and uh, when I was really young, I was standing in the paddock at Anfield, and um, I grew up with the greats like, um, you know, Bill Shankly and Bob Paisley, and uh, Jock Steen, um, and all those guys, and how do you think that the, that the game from then has changed to the game now?
3: I think... Is it um, Cruyff is the phrase is that it's a simple game made difficult? And uh, I think it. I think it is. A, I think it's a complex game today. Like I really do. I think with the level of athlete we have today, um, pressure because of the money. Obviously, like it's made headlines recently with the Super League. There's so much yeah. money in the game at the moment, and everyone wants to get to the top. And that's that's trickle down to youth sports as well. I don't think we can dismiss the fact that. You know, there's a lot of young pressure on young players. They don't have to be professional today to experience pressure. And, and coaches as well, coaches, high school coaches, they're under an enormous amount of pressure to win games, just with society today. and So people have changed. I think the, the game's changed in terms of it's become a bit more complex and, and you've got different dynamics. So you mentioned those, those great Liverpool teams and those great Liverpool, like that was a boot room. Which I I've never been in, but I've read a lot about, and I've heard that the boot room was about the size of a a little cupboard, and it was just yeah. where the boots were cleaned. And like today, yeah. it's pretty ironic. Um, you know, you know why? They, people-
1: you know why they call that the boot room, right? Cause they, because cause, they- yeah, cause that was uh, the the where the um, the Everton uh, when they they first had Anfield. That's where Everton said that we're going to put all the trophies, and it was so small um, that they never won nothing. So um they, they said, let's let's repurpose it. Instead of having it have a, a trophy cupboard, let's have a, a boot room. So that's where we used to pull all our smelly boots is right in that room. <laughs> Maybe we'll put it to use because everyone's going to use it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, I, I think those those people that sat there was five or six staff members and today there's, I mean, Guali, Gualiola had a picture with his staff after the charity shield a couple of years ago and it was, I think get forty-five people on it or something like that. There, so I just think management today and similar to businesses, they've become a lot more bigger and and there's been more dynamics and it's uh, people have to manage that and work in that their complexity. So it's fun, but it's uh, it's interesting. So um, that's that's where I think we're moving, and it's only going to keep getting quicker. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, it, it the, the thing that has changed is that you know, I remember. Uh, you know, people like uh, Tommy Smith going into full-blooded tackles on somebody and, he, you know, he did just get up and rub the leg and they'd run it off. And But now, these days, you know, men, you, 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 you got to breathe on somebody and they fall over and, uh, you know, that, that's the, the one thing that I wish we could get out of the game is, uh, you know, the playing for the cameras. But uh, one of the things I will give the kudos to the ladies' team, now is when the men get breathed on, they go around like you've been shot. But the ladies just kind of just take it on the in the chin and just keep on going, you know. And I, I noticed that last week when um, Racing was playing.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good physical. Like I mean, I would say sometimes that the the speed of the game. Sometimes we do miss uh, challenges, so sometimes it looks like it wasn't in obvious, But the players today are operating. Like I jumped in a training session last week, and I was like, wow, this is this is way too quick for me. So I think, yeah, I think the play I don't know, maybe they're a bit more honest. Maybe it's our culture. Like people always talk about cultures, and maybe it's our culture over here. That college is very honest. People get up and, and run and get after it straight away. So uh, hopefully that will continue. It won't be sired by slowing down the game or looking for a yellow card.
1: Yeah. Yes, because my, my name at uh, at my high school was, all Bromelow sent off again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know one thing that's really been impressive to me. You know, we didn't really know what was coming into Louisville with NWSL, John. Kenny,
2: it was it, it was obvious from minute one. I mean, and I'm not even. I, I mean, from from zero to one, it was obvious, and we would right. watch. And it was funny you point out that I, I said after the 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 uh, the initial um, match that I saw at um, Lynn Family Stadium of the Challenge Cup, that was the first thing I said after it was like, I don't remember one player falling down and not jumping right back up. And some would be like, I, and I as like yeah. this, this player might actually totally hurt. agree. And it just, yeah. it, they pop right back up and it is constant. I've always said of all the sports that I've ever covered my entire life, there's, there are no more full, like hundred percent athletes. I think uh, than soccer players. And when you see, because of this, not only muscularly, but stamina wise, and it is, it's, it's a hundred percent, you know, all the time, up and down, and I just thought that was one of the things I was really impressed by. And I did not go into the first NWSL game, expansion team, or women, or whatever you want to say. I did. I did not go in with any kind of low expectations. Right. Um, not only did they meet what expectations, I they absolutely exceeded them, and I was just really impressed. And I, you're right. I mean, even from an untrained eye, and I, you know, I've I've covered all kinds of levels of soccer, but um, it was just really impressive the athleticism, uh, the strategy. Uh, just everything that went into that, you know, initially, and I, I still laugh when I listen to to Christie after after matches. It's like, I, you know, this is an expansion team, and the the what he says, like this, it, you know, clean sheet, but it was still it was it was that was one of the worst performances we ever had, and it's just like those expectations inside are much higher than maybe they are outside, um, and and I think that eventually they're gonna when when fans start to watch they're those expectations will start to meet and it's going to be really fun Mm
0: -hmm. it kind of reminds me of almost like a hockey match because it's just end to end constantly so like in a a hockey match four seconds left somebody can score still and that's the way it kind of feels like gary like with the nwsl it is it's not as much slow build up and it's part of the way that i know that you and christy have designed this team to be the way that you've recruited the players along with joc but this is a high-octane offense, and there is not much room to sit still, and I love it. I mean, you can't turn your head into these.
3: Yeah, it, it would probably be a bit too transitional at times, Kenny, to be honest, always, like, <laughs> like, especially the last couple of minutes of some of those games. You know, we would we would probably like to be a bit more compact and a bit, bit more boring. But sure. not to your point, I think – Christy's, uh, John's point there, Christy's done a really, really good job of his messaging uh, within in the group of being uh, not only aggressive in our, in our game state, but also in our mentality. And I think that's something that I've really seen and observed over the past couple of months is you know, your self-image. when you, you don't really have an image when you start as a team and, and you're trying to build that every single day. So it's very, very easy to listen to the outside world and, and take your place as an expansion team. And sit back a little bit but i think for you to to be uh, comfortable in who you are and be aggressive in who you are i think that takes a level of shaping and i think christy has been brilliant in that every day every single day he talks to the team about you know about getting after it and talks to the team about the fact that if people are going to come to to lynn's family stadium that we have to we have an obligation to entertain them and and give them something to shout about and we're not going to do that by sitting in our own box and low block so yeah sometimes it's a little bit too open but uh, for the most part that's that's what we're trying to get and the players have been brilliant and and to 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 scouse's point there their, their energy levels and um we've got a really good science department which is uh in a physical department that's worked seriously serious hours and, and energy at, at you know, replenishing them, getting them going again, regenerating them. So um, it's it's been good and they work very, very hard at it. So hopefully we can sustain it and, and get a bit more comfortable in those uh, moments that the, the coaches get nervous. So
1: while we're on uh, talking about the scientific side of it, somebody asked me a question the last time you were at the, the game and he noticed that they have a lot of the players, both on um, the Louisville City side and Racing Louisville side, they have those um. The guy said, "What's that lump on his on her back, right there?" So, what kind of information do you get from that kind of those kind of electronics on when the players wear it on the pitch and when they're training?
3: Yeah, that's a GPS system and a heart rate monitor system. So you get your the Every player gets their their mileage, their yardage covered. They get their number of sprints. They get their um, zone 6 which is like at your maximum heart rate every time you enter that there, or every time you're in a state of maximum heart rate it tells you when and for how long so it just I think it gives you an exa- it gives you a read of how much the player is expending in terms of their physical output but it also then creates a scientific number which is a load number which when you get to a certain point uh, a number of a load is could be more susceptible to injury or not so there's a lot of different variables than that then you know she deciphers through uh, i'm I'm definitely not qualified to read through everything and say this is great and that qualifies that there so it takes someone a lot smarter to me to say all right well this is what how she performed do you see that from a coach's lens as well and if so can we balance that and um we're trying to get there but but yeah that that amount of information i think just tells you again when we were growing up it was you were you were losing your eye to see that. Oh well, such and such worked hard or such and such is lazy. And today I think it's we've got a good we've got a good grasp of being able to quantify that objectively and say, you know, such and such might have looked a little bit slow today, but did the, the numbers prove that right or wrong? And maybe you can help a little bit more in that there, and maybe you can get them up to a certain point higher or quicker than you would have done without the data.
1: So that the information that you get from that, is it is it real time? Is somebody in the stadium looking at all that data as... You guys are playing or is it sort of after the match you'll give the, the, the little box in and then you plug it in a computer and then you get the data? Yeah, maybe the second
3: one, I think you can do the first one, um, but we choose the you know, towards the probably the real time data is probably more of a training session thing where it's you know, once they get to a certain load, maybe you might pull them back a little bit during the week. But in terms of the game, it's all hands on neck and so afterwards what happened.
1: Okay, all right.
3: So, um,
1: the last few games, you know, unfortunately, you know, um, racing, we still don't have a win, okay? And we've had a couple of draws and we've had a couple of losses. I've
0: already brought this up in the podcast last week. It doesn't
1: matter. How is the mentality that... We're going (laughs) under the (laughs) dressing room.
3: Yeah, like the mentality is, you know, you've got you've got competitive people and obviously like you, we, we mentioned there about Christie's expectations are, are quite high. So sometimes you take a risk for that, you know, by putting, I think sometimes there's a, there's maybe a temptation as an expansion team to keep expectations low and to manage those expectations. I, I, we've chosen to go a different way and say, right, we're going to, we're going to keep our self-image higher and we're going to shoot for higher. Um, I think either way there's risks, there's positives and negatives. I think, we'll always go to the performance and we'll always be honest with the players as much as we can and say, right, well, you know, did we deserve that win or, or could we have done more there? And uh, and we'll not completely hang our hat on a result. I think sometimes, yeah, the results are important, but I think sometimes you can be a bit more, a bit too outcome oriented and, and live or die by those results. I think the players can be affected by that there. So I think, again, Christie's, psychology is pretty useful in these moments where he's you know he's he's trying to build not just an image but also a bit of resilience with us. Um, you know he talked about the preseason trip about he 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 wanted more resilience he wanted more adversity in pre-season to build a bit more resilience. Um, these moments are going to happen. So for us, we're not a million miles away from it. We feel as if we're very close. Yeah. And um, and then it's just a case of like we've got to be better in certain areas, and that'll that'll come as players get a bit more comfortable and as we get better as a team. But the mentality itself, uh, in terms of individuals, I think the spirit's really good, and I think what's helped us with the recruitment has been the the personality profiles of players. We've got, you know, you mentioned McCaskill's running power and, and the players' energy and 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 all their intensity levels, but they also have brought a there's a character. Uh, part of that there which you know we wanted players who loved the game enough that they could handle a few setbacks and we also wanted players who were pretty positive with their outlook on life so if the setbacks arrived and they would be able to handle them so I don't I, I think we're in a pretty good spot at the minute I think yeah you know a win would definitely would definitely help us but I don't think we would be throwing parties or um are celebrating too hard if we want to win we know that we've got to improve and we've got to keep working at it we're we're not anywhere near what we can be so we we just keep at it but the players have been great
1: yeah you know you know from all of the games that I've watched I've watched every single one of them um I've been really impressed with the mentality on the pitch and um you, you know the, the the ladies on the pitch they've got a never say die attitude and they they keep on going and when I was playing football or rugby, you know, you, you get told that, you know, that the game's not over till the final whistle's blown. But, um, you know, I, I think the wins are going to come, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, we're going to still be behind them no matter what.
0: It, it kind of reminds me of um, – and sorry, I got to do a Liverpool thing, but it, it's not a Liverpool thing. It's a Jurgen Klopp thing. And I remember when he first came in, he said, we will decide when the game is over. And I, I'm already seeing these – in 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 this team already. And John, for you, like reporting on this is like this fledgling team that you've got here. And we've got one of only 10 teams in the nation. We've got season ticket holders from like six states away. They're just driving in to see this. So when you were talking about earlier, the stories that you're telling, what are you seeing from this already? There are stories that you think are going to just blossom from this.
2: Well, I mean, I I think the first thing is when you you talk about the never say die thing, I mean, when you have a, when you, you you tie a game with an, with a, a, a goal, you know, an extra time. I mean, that was, I, I mean, that was incredible. That was just like that, that to me, it almost, I mean, maybe I'm this, I'm I'm trying to romanticize what we saw in that, in that first preseason game, but it just felt like this is a team to just set a tone for it, They might be an expansion team, but they're not going to quit. They're not going to give up, mm-hmm. especially I think it was in the 80th minute or, or, or later uh, when the go ahead goal happened. And then you get, you get the extra time goal to tie it up and you get a draw. I mean, and the place went nuts and it's not even full yet. Right. And it, I think it's the, I think it's those kinds of stories where and and, I, and hopefully as we continue through the through the spring and summer, we'll have a little more one to one access, you know, and it might not happen this year. Hopefully it happened next year. But that's when you kind of get those stories that blossom of where you can sit down and you can look at someone in the eye and you can say, let's just talk about this or show me or walk me through this. And we can do some of this on teams and zoom and that kind of thing. But when you can kind of pick up some cues and, and luckily we're able to talk a little bit after games and we have been, you know, with Louisville city a little bit too, but uh, those are the kinds of stories. we. You love to hear players who can walk you through things. And that's one thing I've noticed about racing Louisville, what they've been able to do. Some of the players, they don't, they don't lay the jargon on because I know, you guys would obviously understand that, but if we put that on television, we need the people who might not be completely invested in soccer but are certainly interested to not be isolated or, or, or shut out from that, and they are so great about that and just talking one-on-one and talking to people about that. Those are the kinds of stories that I just like because the players, they get it. Um, I mean, you know, and these are American. there are American players on here, so they understand, you know, they can play to an audience. So I think they don't, they don't just have skill just on the pitch but they have a public skill, and that's what you need from professionals. It just feels like all these players are just complete professionals.
0: And they, uh, I think the uniform said something about that in the opening night. I mean, this is Louisville, right? Yeah. Muhammad yeah. Ali. Oh, never say die, and it's yeah. it's on the kit. It's everything. So I'm teeing you up on this, John. But <laughs> when we had Michelle <laughs> Betos on Savannah McCaskill's scouts, we had them on, what, about four weeks ago, I think it was?
1: Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: About two weeks before the uh, last game. And they echo the same thing that Gary's saying, the same thing that Christy said to us four months ago. We are not an expansion team. And yes. to see the little the preamble to the whole thing, and you got Muhammad Ali on there, we're a city of fighters. We're not afraid of a little smack talk, but we will back it up. So this is what you're seeing, isn't it, John?
2: I think that's absolutely what we're seeing. And and I love that they have incorporated Louisville into the uniform. I mean, that's this is what your fan base is going to be. Now, obviously, that that tends to expand because there are, you know, uh, there are going to be people who are out in the country who will gravitate toward a team. And I think that's going to be one of those things that people know who Muhammad Ali is. And I don't think it's it, that Racing Louisville is going to hang their identity on just Louisville or Muhammad Ali, but I think they hang their identity on the ideals of that and what this city means. I mean, it's in the, it's in the name. It's Racing Louisville. So the city is the derby. Uh, Muhammad Ali, they've tied everything into it. I think, I think that that is I think you're right about that and that was one of the most read stories I think we have on wdrb.com was when the kit reveal I mean that was that that was a huge deal yeah, yeah. we are starting, we, we do get a lot of traction on our website with racing Louisville stories there's no question
1: so um uh, coming up um uh, a week from Saturday the 15th we've got um Kansas City on the books um Gary what can you tell us about them
3: yeah, going through a little bit of a transition in terms of where their team's at. They've they've moved from Utah, so they've got a new staff and a few new players as well. So I think they've used the, the Challenge Cup to test out, you know, come together, test out a few different systems of play and, and different level of opposition as well on the West Coast Conference. So uh, they're a good side. have got some really good players that we're familiar with. <laughs> in the league so it'll be a real battle now and we'll have to we'll have to be on our game um we'll have to keep improving and we feel that uh, you know if we if we keep down that road of doing what we're supposed to do uh we think it'll be um you know a great test for us
1: so will you approach this match um just like any other match or is it slightly different now because now we're going into regular season versus a a, a cup competition
3: no i think like the, like i said Christie's mentality is to win every single game from pre-season, from the first first scrimmage we had in pre-season, this message was that you have to earn the right to play for this city. And it's great to hear John's viewpoint and and analysis on how the city's going to read the team. And that's very important to Christy. But, you know, we want to be clear, Christy wants to be really clear that we've got to earn the right to you know to get up there and, and to go out and perform, and so every game we've, we've tried to win every single game in pre season, and so that we don't roll into the first game and say, All right, well, listen, this, this one matters, don't get that mixed up. I don't think there's any player on the squad who would have any mixed messaging. Um, we, we, we want to win every single game. Um, we've, we've kept consistent processes in terms of how our review is, we'll spend we spend two to three days looking at what we've done good and bad in the game before. And then we prepare Then take three to four days leading to the next team uh, with with the scouts and with all the analysis and with the data and with the training. So we've, we're getting in a rhythm. Uh, it's getting better every week, I think, just with, with people getting a bit more confident in their roles and people... Um, just getting a, a bit more com- comfortable around each other too and I think that's another thing is that you know there's so much about about soccer that it's it's a it's such a, an open game it's there's so many dynamics that relationships are really important and sometimes getting those players in those pictures alongside people that can take time but we want to be really clear that we want to accelerate that process we don't want to shortcut it but we want to accelerate it so um, we'll, we'll definitely go out to win the game for sure and hopefully we'll put on a good show and hopefully we'll have a, a, another great night with the crowd behind us.
1: Yeah, because um, just like um, one of you guys were saying that um, the, uh, when the equalising goal went in, um, the noise down at the Scousers' house end mm. was unbelievable. You know, I'd, I'd never heard the stadium like that before ever. And um, I think it was uh, you, John, who said that. Uh, I'm not sure where you were stood during that game, but um, down at the Scouser's house, and you know, I was just blown away with the uh, the noise that came out of the oh. the stadium. And I'm I'm sure there's a a, um, a poor guy driving past on the interstate behind us with, you <laughs> know he got scared shitless and almost drove off the road.
2: Especially when those lights start going out there, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I was on the stop end, and it was just I mean, it's shaking down there when that happened. It was incredible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, um, all kudos for, to you guys Just scored it just at the right time and hey, closed them right down. And um, hey, you know, they they just uh, scored their goal a few minutes later. We're, we're telling them to shut up and sit down. <laughs> 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 yeah, it would have been, we'd have rather it was a winning goal, but no. Yeah, I would, I would too. I would too. But yeah. you know what? The, uh, The the ladies fought hard, they fought well, and they've done that in every single game. And that's all down to you guys Um, and the ladies on the pitch because I'm impressed. Everybody that I've spoken to is impressed. And, um, you know, and John, from from what your point of view is, we're trying to get people educated. Um, We're talking with the guys out of Scouser's House right now about um, making Scouser's House also an official supporters group of Racing. Louisville and get um, our regular position back behind that goal and one of the the points the Scousers House is really there for is to educate because um, I I don't like not knowing what's going on in the game and if somebody wants to come up and ask anybody in the Scousers House what's going on we'll gladly answer the question and um, you know there's no stupid questions and all you've got to do is just step up to the plate and come on down and talk to one of us because one of us is always bound to be there
2: See, I think that's that, that's great because that makes the game accessible. And that is what uh, you Louisville has a very strong soccer community, as you guys know. I mean, it, yeah, there's no question. There's a core there. But it, see, it feels like that that core is is starting to expand more and more and more because people have gravitated toward Louisville City because of the wins. And now you bring in racing Louisville as a top tier professional team as well. I just think that that helps a lot and it makes the game accessible because I've talked to a lot of, of soccer fans and they, they are the the same way. They're like, they, they're open to bringing people in and they don't want to, it's not like an isolation thing. It's like, it's, it's the more the merrier and sometimes Mm -hmm. the more they get together, the merrier they get. I mean, that, but that's, that's the culture of what soccer is. I think in a lot of places, but especially here in Louisville. Yeah, you're right. I think it's been, that's been the great thing that, that, the fan, the fan club, so to speak, want to continue to expand because when you expand, expand fans, you expand the game.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, and perhaps you can um, help me out and understand that. But when I first came here, there was nothing here. Soccer? What was that? Right. You know, but now it, it seems like we've got Racing Louisville, we have got Louisville City, we got uh, UofL we got yep. UK, we got IU down the street, mm-hmm. we got uh, FC Cincinnati. Uh, FC Cincinnati. I can hardly say it. <laughs> Are they still around? Yeah, I don't know. They got beaten again. Uh, Maybe they washed up in the river. We'll probably see them going by the falls. (laughs) Bellarmine as well? Yep, Bellarmine is right down the street. So, why is it you think that all of a sudden that this area of the nation has become such a hotbed for soccer?
2: Well, I'll say this. I think it's one of those deals where an overnight success took about 10 or 20 years. Um, I remember when Louisville City first announced that they were coming, that it it was going to happen. I went back and I looked at all the other failed attempts of professional soccer in Louisville. And there have been a lot of those. Um, It really comes down to ownership and when you, and, and talent, I mean, that's what it comes down to, I think in, in any sport, but that was the thing Louisville city had the ownership, they had the talent and they, they started to win. And I think that's what happened because there were so many of these soccer teams that came in and they were a lot of, I think some of the ownership was a little fly by night. They were, or they were business people who were just kind of having fun on the side and it just never caught on.
1: Yeah. The glazes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah.
2: Now, I, I don't, I didn't see any, there were, there was no rioting on any pitches that I saw, but I will say that <laughs> I, it, it was a, you know, I think it started to expand that way. But I think also, as we talked about, um, you know again when i was in eastern kentucky in the 90s it was a huge deal that a soccer team came to that had a high school had a soccer team but now that's that's very common not just uh you know in a metropolitan area like louisville but all across the state and it's and and the game is certainly starting to grow we've heard a long long time that soccer is going to keep growing and keep growing and i think that's what we're seeing so yeah it's it the overnight success of 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 Louisville FC and for racing Louisville has been an overnight success. It probably started about 20 or 30 years ago, but finally it all came together. The fans, the interest, the ownership and, and, and really end the talent. I mean, when you start to win and now we, again, with racing Louisville, a top tier, this is the top tier of women's soccer that we have here. And I think that's
1: huge.
0: Gary. So when you were being recruited, We've just told you all the reasons you shouldn't have been here in Louisville for the last ten to twenty years. What What was it other than Christie, like having some deep seated secret in Northern Ireland that he's not letting us know about? That, they think, got you I to come the here. I
1: think Northern Ireland are like a, um, a a chapter of the Masons, got the funny handshakes and everything.
0: It's so. <laughs> <laughs> <Skull> on. <bones. laughs> So Gary, you're up there in Chicago for a bit. Uh, you know wh- what was it when you were looking from the outside in, and then the second part of that, uh, what's it been like for the transition moving in here to Louisville?
3: Yeah, I, I was pretty easy to convince, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not going to pretend that I held out for I uh, needed to be uh, negotiated from any any standpoint. Christy, um, you know, I I knew Christy, so I, I knew what he was about, and uh, we we had spoken about you know, the project about. You know, what What if we could do certain things? Christy's been in an, in a different environment. I've been in a different environments. Um, you know what what if there was access to this? What if there was a direction of this here? What if we could do that? And we talked about it. And, and lo and behold, that opportunity came up and uh, and I was I was so excited. So I think the inter- the 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 biggest thing for me that I was excited about was the fact that we could do it with a really young base. Because that was probably my my role in Chicago and, and transitioning from a college coach was i really passionate about the the development of 22 to 26 year olds and I think that there's a there's a, a great opportunity to you know every, everyone again thinks that the older you are the better you are and and I, I really would like to challenge that and challenge the the younger players can you know you can build a lot you, know, you can build something special with younger players and so that that form has has been really exciting, and in terms of the transition um it's it's different you know like we, there's a couple of Chicago players we have in you know, savannah and and um yuki so yeah. m but we had Chicago was a great experience it was a different we, our average age in Chicago i believe was twenty eight our average age here is close to twenty two so your daily processes of, a, of an average age of 28 is that most of the players are, you know, can manage their themselves in terms of what they need. So there's less hands on and, and driving that culture's already been established. So uh, the other side of it is right now we're, we're building that culture and we've got to be at it every single day. So it's a little bit, I'd say this, this environment's a little bit more intense because of that there. Um, But Definitely, definitely two, two really good, really good places that fortunate to work.
2: Yeah, no, well, actually, Gary, I, the one thing I was, go- I wanted to ask you was, are you seeing what, you know, I, you know, a lot of times when, you know, coaches and players are kind of, and in a pandemic, especially they're kind of in that bubble where they don't get out or, you know, see what from the outside looking in, but for us, are, are you, I've seen a lot of support, um, not just, not just fan wise, but I mean, in the stadium, but also out in the community and do you guys see that or feel that that people are starting to catch on granted it's it there's only been you know four games so far and and only a couple opportunities to get to Lynn family stadium but are you seeing that out in the community where people are embracing this and, and understanding most of all because that's the conversation that i had with some some people's like i don't think that you understand what a high level of soccer this is uh, are you are you starting to see that out in the community
3: yeah, it's a good question, John. I'd say that when we walked around the pit, obviously the atmosphere was great at the game. Sure. Most of these players have played in really good stadium with a really big crowd. So I think that wasn't the, the kind of the, the big big moment for that. And this is me personally. I feel what kind of was a startling moment was whenever we walked around the pitch at the end of the game and fans stayed on with... With their kids, or you know, with their group, and they, they, they literally like they clap, they, they clap every so. Sometimes I'm at the back. And no one really pays any attention to the staff after games, and quite rightly, to must say, I'm at the back. <laughs> Thank like, job. I, I mean, I usually wait for them. You know, I usually get there. Usually, got <laughs> the back to me, walking up the steps. But everyone stayed, and we got in, and it was a point that Christy made the next morning at the at the regen session. Um, and a meeting again, and and a couple of players, you could see them saying, "Yeah, we we knew that this city would get behind us, but we just didn't know that it would be wham straight away." And that was something that was that was pretty pretty unique, I think, for us. Um, and, and Garrett Bates, uh, I don't know if you've had Garrett on. He's he done a lot of uh, culture work. He's he's a bit of a, a bit of a cultural architect in terms of you know. Uh, place and direction you know because sometimes as a coach you can be you can be right in the middle like you said john and you can't see what other people think and where you but for us when we got here and, and sat down with christy and james o'connor and brad and the club were really really uh, clear on the fact that you know there has to be some form of philosophy here and we have to we can't hang our hats wins and losses so Gareth uh, Bates has really helped us probably be a source of uh, information and inspiration that's just a little bit removed from the heat of the locker room and he can say, All right, well, listen, if you want to connect with the with the community, are we doing this? And and Garrett's lived here for all his life. So he knows where what we so to have that resource and to have that that wealth of knowledge and to have that, that, that someone kind of looking out for you, I think I think that's gonna help hold us in good stead. The the community is not something that we want to just Entertain one day a week or once every other week with a soccer game. It's something that, you know, with Christie's background and, and 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 connecting to the community is not just. We just don't want to take a couple of pictures and say a couple of autographs. We want to get stuck in. We want to get involved. We want to make their lives better and enrich what we're doing. So I think that's you know that's not being done already. So that's part of the process. But I think it's a really good starting point to be. A connection, like you said, is difficult with a bit of with the with the COVID scenario. But it's hopefully that's we can get off to a good start, product on the pitch, and then we can really start, um, you know, getting involved and helping, and and hopefully then being a source of enjoyment or a source of entertainment or hopefully a source of inspiration for some of the people at Lugo.
1: So, um, you you get to to work with Christy Holly every day, right? So, you know all of his ins and outs, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Know him very well. Okay. So, all right. Throw him under the bus. What you got for us? <laughs> is, he afra- is, he afraid of- is he afraid I'm of spiders? Too long. Let me record this. Hold on. Me. So, yeah.
3: Is he afraid of spiders? What's his nickname? I would say the the funniest fact I've got for Christy, one of the most interesting things that makes me laugh every day is. Is Christy talks to spam calls like every day? Christy gets a spam call from someone else, and Christy actually engages. In, like, right, wait, what are you trying to sell me? Okay, okay, how much is that? Oh, that's not a very good deal. To every single day, and, and it blows my mind. <laughs> I've never met anyone that's, that's the really spam call as well as much. so from here on
1: out, Mr. Christie, you are now called Spam. That's his new name. <laughs> that's his new name. Yep. He shall be known from here as Spam.
2: Here's what I will say. He's such a good interview. Like we anytime we talk to him, he's so appreciative and he loves to talk about. So, so for some reason, that doesn't even surprise me that he was just, like, oh, someone wants to talk. Let's talk.
0: I'm calling him tomorrow with an incorrect Chinese <laughs> order, trying to leverage his address. And the reason I'm saying this is because if you go back to <clears throat> the podcast just before the draft, he has the whiteboard right behind him. He's up in the soccer holdings office there, uh, right there in downtown. And he kind of has it on the side, and we get to talking about stuff. And he just, in the middle of the podcast, just kind of pushes it over. And we're like, what was that? He goes, I had some draft notes on there. And we're like, no, no, no. You were trying to order Kung Pao chicken, weren't you? <laughs> because yes, it was Kung Pao chicken. That's what it was.
1: And it turns out it was an order for Draft Guinness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's brilliant, Gary. Gary, uh, I've got a question for you. i got to nerd out with you for just a second, and then I'm going to turn it back over to just to however he wants to finish this up here. But you, you know, your, your knowledge of the way that you've seen the game evolve, and I brought this up um, to JOC. I brought this up to Christy. Um, I don't know about five weeks ago. And one thing, just watching through the years, and scouts and I have watched matches. I guess for what twelve, fifteen years together, something like that. Mm-hmm. The way the number nine has changed. I want to get into that for just a second. Just for those that are out there that listen to it, that don't understand kind of the way that the game has evolved a little bit. We've seen it big time in the men's game, and I can't speak to the women's game about this, but I think it's probably pretty similar. It used to be the hold up number nine, especially when you know Italy was really really dominating. You know, fifteen years ago. Everything ran through that nine. We've now got more dynamic midfielders, is what it feels like to me, but you don't see the proper nines anymore. You now see the false nines and all these different derivatives of four, three, threes and four, two, three, ones when it used to be a, a four, four, one, one or a four, four, two that they would kind of fake as a four, four, one, one. So, what have you seen that's changed with the players, the way the game has played in the last 10 years that's led to that?
3: Yeah, I might go on a rant here. I? so excuse me to do uh, I think that there's been a there's been a big pro- progress made in terms of the possession style of soccer which has been easy on the eye and everyone enjoys but I think that's sometimes at the expense of a number nine who runs instead of running towards the ball to keep possession runs toward the goal to score goals so I think at youth soccer and and, and the, at the youth level you see a uh, We see these intricate training sessions that are, you know, the rondo, which is 6v4, 5v3, overload games, it's called. It's great, but no goals in those games. So sometimes the the kids get, the players get better at keeping the ball in tight spaces when really the magic of soccer is is getting the ball out of a contested space and getting the ball in the back of the net. So I would say that it's, uh, I would say goal scoring is becoming more and more more difficult as players to become better in other areas of the game similar to the center backs as i mean harry McGuire gets gets destroyed for his level of defending but when you look at him as a again (laughs) when you look at him as distribution is like it's better than what what players were 15 years ago at world cups in midfield. i would argue so as sometimes what you you can't have it every way. Sometimes what you what you build up you also remove or reduce in a different aspect. But I, I think that's I, I think goals number no nine score goals and um that's why Aguero is one of my favorite players is Aguero. The ball, yep. yeah you know and Sam Kerr see the same. so um it's a it's a good topic. Uh, goalkeepers as well, like as the goalkeeper positions getting changing, getting you know Ederson and the thing he can do with his feet. So I think those things are good. But at the end of the day, you know, you want if you're a goal scorer and you're an eight, you got to get yourself in positions to do it.
1: Yeah, but it's nice to know that we have a goal scorer and goalkeeper on our side, Michelle. Yeah. Did you see that goal? Have you seen it? Yeah. John?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: She, no, I did not see that. So what you got to look up is okay. um, Michelle, yes. our goalkeeper, because she scores a cracking goal. Right. Yep. She really does. So you, you, you actually got to watch that. Okay. Yeah, yep. and uh, I tell you what, even Kenny, I'll put that back on here right at this point in the podcast. So when you're watching tomorrow, you'll be able to see it. All right.
0: Yep. All right. Yep. She goes in with both feet. I mean, she launches into the first one. I think she got a little warmed up to the second one. She launches into it like I haven't seen very few. Almost like it's an open header, not with eleven people in front of her. She
1: both feet forward.
0: Buries it in the back of the net, and she was more surprised than anybody in the stadium.
1: Yeah, yeah. The defender was on the line, and she hit it with so much power. She carried the defender over the line. So goal. Thank you. A matter Excellent. of fact, uh,
0: in the in the last game there, uh, the last uh, Challenge Cup game, it was me and Scouse, my wife Shannon, and Joey Cecil. were are standing Gary, around I the can't goal.
1: Believe you didn't listen to us. I know, right? It was <laughs> Go like, down there, Michelle, get up, get up, get, get up. up. There. We need a goal. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was either you or uh, Christy Hollywood on the. You were on the halfway line. Going, no, 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 no! Get back down. No. Uh, that was Christy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah, I was saying go, go, go. Christy was like, no, <laughs> no. no.
0: <laughs> Don't listen to those idiots over there by the big bar. The big screen. Don't listen to them. They chirp all day.
2: A lot of coaches
1: up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, 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 good ones. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, get a little bit off, uh Another um, track is um, there's a very important day on Saturday. Liverpool City, you're at home against uh, the Birmingham Legion. And I hope that we're going to get to see uh, you, Gary, and you, John, in Scouser's house on Saturday.
2: Uh, there's a very good chance of that.
1: Okay. All right. You know, you're more than welcome to come join us. So, um, you know, I, I just want to get this out here um, now because I know everybody's disappointed that uh, the hack is no longer with us. And um, I get it, but now's the time that we have got to put all our, all our big boy, or big girl pants on, and we got to get behind Danny. You yeah. know, this uh, Saturday is going to be Danny's very first game, and it's it's time for us to, you know, as much as I, I miss, I'm going to miss the hack, and he he's a great friend of Scouser's house, and he was a, he's a great coach, you know he is, you know, but now we got to get behind Danny. You know, Danny's um, first game is this Saturday, and he's going to be out there for all to see. And it's for me, it's going to be really important that everybody in the stadium gets behind him and shows him um, what this team means to us all. And I think really on um, Saturday, we're going to be pleasantly surprised because, um, you know, I'm glad that um, Louisville City have promoted from within. And so really, it's business as usual. I don't think anything's going to change. So, um, John, what's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I, I think because they promoted from within, I think that the fans. I mean, you could probably speak more to that than I could, but I feel like the fans are going to embrace that. Um, I think they would embrace Louisville City no matter what happens. I mean, remember there was a time there where there were uh, three players who acted as as interim coaches yeah. slash players, and they, still, they did actually did, did very well.
1: So. And you know, guess what? All three of those players are still here.
2: You're exactly right. That's we were we were expecting that. Like I, we wondered, like, what is that? What they might do. Uh, in the interim, but I like what they did to move up. And, and the good thing is, uh, if there is a good part of this, there is time because of the, this weird USL schedule where they play they played a game and then they had a couple of weeks and they play another one. So it wasn't, you know, having to go right into it. But I think the philosophy will be there. And, and you got to imagine, too, that with Louisville City being as good as they are at, with the core players back and certainly looking like they could be on track just on paper at least back to an Eastern Co- Conference final – um that you want to keep that momentum going and you do so by promoting from within but i think you're absolutely right fans need to get out and uh if, if you are a louisville city fan you need to be there in person if you can get a ticket and, and support that team
1: absolutely gary what, what have you got to say and uh, i know you can't say much but uh you know um hopefully we're going to see you there on saturday
3: yeah i to get the green light from uh, my wife uh on- <laughs> Yeah, if I can miss uh uh I'm trying to get my five year old into soccer now, uh, and he's unfortunately <laughs> swinging a baseball around the house. So uh, he's more he's more likely to crack on the head with it than is hit a baseball himself. But if I out, I will go. but yeah. I've I've been I got the I was at the last United game, so the boys started really well. So hopefully they can keep kicking on.
1: Yeah, and uh, you can tell your wife you can bring her with you, and. Uh, Your five-year-old and stand down in Scarce's house because we are kid-friendly. <laughs> oh,
3: Very
1: kid-friendly. there we go. Very kid-friendly. Yeah, yeah. We, We'll have you, we'll have you right there on the front rail, right behind the net.
0: <laughs> we have the youngest drummer uh, in the USL and now the NWSL. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Nick. Nick, Nick, little Nicky. He, he's uh, he's what six years old now, and uh, he plays old. drums better than I do. <laughs> you yeah. got booted. You got booted. Yeah, I got booted. Four, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when he was four, you know, I got booted out because he could play the drums better than I could. <laughs> And you were better than me, well, so I quit. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. But I'm the one with the big mouth down there. And I'm the one that does all the singing, you know, so. Uh, yeah, The, have the to, one. Uh, yeah, the one. Yeah. Make everybody deaf down there. So, um, got a few things from um, Scouser's house. So, Kenny, calm down. We've got the PayPal shit sorted out.
0: Yeah, we went away from it.
1: Yeah, we gave them the boot. Yeah, they're, we fired them. They're fired up. So um, we now have a um, a way for you guys to uh, sign up for Scouser's House. It's only a mere $10 to, to sign up for Scouser's House. But it is on – how do you say it? Venmo. Venmo. Okay. It's on Venmo. And if you look up uh, Michael Scous Gromolo or Scouser's House, you'll find us there. And yep. um, that's how you can uh, join Scouser's House by um, – send this um uh, your ten dollars to vimo or see us at uh, the stadium on uh, saturday or um whenever you know you'll, yep. you'll see us all around
0: and uh, our major uh, who we support the most is executive refugee ministries so if you're not involved yep. with that uh, i know a lot of people here in the community are but it's been a supporter of our we've supported them for a long time and if you look at our little flags flying everywhere then we have the flags behind scouse's house so for every player from both Racing yep. and Louisville City from each nationality, so we're all about the KRM and, and uh, we love the what they're
1: doing. I do have two brand new flags that I bought just a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. One is a Japanese flag, and the other one is Thank from uh, Sweden. So they will be uh, getting for Freya. Uh, for yep. Freya, yeah, and they will be they're getting put up on Saturday. Um, and John, to your to your point, if uh, anyone's watching this and you don't understand the game, don't be afraid. Just Call up um, Gabe at Louisville City, and it's, what, uh, 502 Lou City, and ask for Gabe and tell him Scouse sent you. And uh, <laughs> get a ticket. Come into Scouse's house because um, I swear to God, you come and see one, just one professional game with us in Scouse's house. You'll never go away. I can't I
0: can't even – it's been in the easily the hundreds through the last five years that I know that we've just walked in and said, okay, this is what this means to have a corner kick. This is what offsides looks like. It's very. We're happy to do it, and it just makes so much more enjoyment to the game. John, we've, we've like, even
1: educated the referees because the referee right. didn't know oh, what offside sure. was. I said, "Listen, here must come here. Let me show you what offside means." <laughs> exactly. I, I,
2: I've told so many people that I was like, "If you go go to a loose city or a racing Louisville game, and just go. It doesn't matter if you know one thing about soccer. Just go. You will have a great time. And there's so much action. You're not going to a and, and no offense like, to baseball or any other sport." There's no downtime. It's, it's constant fair. action. Do you get downtime for a, for a halftime? Go grab another drink, grab something to eat, and come back, and it's constant action. You don't have to understand it. You know you know the point. They're trying to put that ball in that net. That's a, a, American sports. You're trying to get a ball somewhere. So that you will understand that, if nothing else.
0: And I guarantee if there's not action on that field, I will hear Christy or Gary in a thick Northern Irish accent encouraging other things to happen. Is that not yeah. true, Gary? <laughs> yeah.
3: That's uh, yeah, we'll definitely be doing that. That's that's what we'll be doing as our so, goal. So, the other night
1: I came home from work and I managed to flip on the uh, the race of Norval game from this uh, New game York right York, here. Right all I could back, hear okay, was right you right all screaming. Hold on, yeah. this so game all game I
0: could if right yeah. I turn up the volume is you all screaming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, as long as there's, as long as the language was clean, Kenny. That's that's the biggest thing. I could have sworn three times that I had somebody say the referee's a wanker, and uh, <laughs> I could, it was either it was either Gary or it was uh, or spam. I mean, it's as clean as you want to be, Gary. I mean, we
0: all make decisions in our life for what that filter is, but the, all I heard was encouragement with a, with a thick accent, and I loved every minute of it. So when you all are yelling and encouraging, it's no different than what we're doing on our end of the pitch, trying to scare them for the death or talk about things that they didn't know they put on social media four years ago.
1: We all have roles. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so in your opinion, Gary, In your opinion, at the game on the other day with uh, Gotham, that was a penalty, right? That was a penalty every day of the week.
3: I I, to me like a penalty, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. um,
1: And then um, on um, Sav, that uh, the the girl from um, Gotham went in on her with a pretty high tackle. That was a second yellow card. So what was what was the referee
3: on crack? Uh, no like comment that. no 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 I thought I thought the rap did a great job <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he's learned what well. I know he for he can. <laughs> but definitely she was on crack or something. I don't think she was watching the same game as I was watching. <laughs> uh, Cut your mic, Gary.
3: <laughs> no. Uh, no comment, no comment.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Nicely done, Gary. Nicely done. <laughs>
0: That's why we're on the end zones and they're on the sidelines,
1: Scouse. <laughs> so, and then there's a, another thing that Scouse's house is going to do for the first time this weekend that, uh, you know, that people are not aware of. I've been talking to the guys over at the Cooper's end and you know how, uh, have you, any of you seen the uh, the Scouse's gold camp that we put, whenever we score a goal down at Scouse's house, we put it on the internet. Yeah. You ever see that? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have one down at the Cooper's end this week too. So we've got an extra camera. We're going to put one on either end so that uh, we're never, ever, ever going to miss a goal from either race in Louisville or Louisville City. So uh, to be both down at both ends, and uh, we'd be happy to share with it anybody that wants to to see them.
0: And Gary, so, uh, you know, you guys have so many different angles that you can see the game, and John will remember this when we were playing back in Slugger. Uh, The Scouts House goal cam was actually something that was – Coveted and it still is somewhat, but it was coveted by the coaching staff for Louisville City yeah. because we had a view of what was happening coming into it. And there weren't, it was a baseball stadium, it wasn't built for like proper cam setup. So we would actually send those. So Scouser would give me the little microchip, I would upload it, and then it was sent to the coaching staff. And then we would post it at the same time just <laughs> to get an angle. And then, I mean, whoever it was that scored, whether it was Cam, it was George, whoever it was. They were just pining. They could not wait to see what does this Scouts House goal came look like. They <laughs> couldn't see anything. Because even Lance mentioned on the podcast like three weeks ago that he's trying to watch it up there from the box, and he figured out that he was 500 feet away. Even with binoculars, he wasn't sure who scored.
2: So, oh, it, it, that just field was camp. impossible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, when you were watching the, um, the game down at uh, Slugger Field, were you up there in a nosebleed section with uh, with the rest of them? John?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would go up there. Well, a lot of times I go out there to shoot the games. And so you've tried there was it was very difficult to find the right angle to like how how do you how do you, you know, when you're shooting a baseball game up there, you're up top behind home plate.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that
2: won't work when the pitch is this way. So it was yeah, you had to get you had to get high and at a certain angle to shoot it. So a lot of times I would get down the first base line up top to try to shoot that way. So much better now, believe me.
1: Yeah. And you're always welcome in Scouts' house, by the way. All you got to do is just uh, show up and we'll find you the spot.
2: I'll I'll take you up on that.
1: Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, What else we got? Um, Other than that, um, do, do any of you guys have any other questions for Gary while he's here?
2: I mean, I felt like Ted Lasso while you guys were talking strategy there. So uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I
2: learned something. See, awesome. we're
1: all about education. That's right. We did find out that the coach of uh, Racing Louisville, his name is now Spam.
2: And if there's anything <laughs> I learned, <That's-> it's that
1: <laughs> uh, most productive part interview. <laughs> Best part of the interview,
0: from what I can tell. You're right.
1: Yep. And then um, when we're not going to say a, a word until this comes out, and then uh, Christy finds out that his name his name is now spam. Just so wait till we, the post game. Yeah, I need to find that uh, thing on uh, Monty Python when you are know, they're singing spam, spam, spam. spam. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it looks like you know, we've gone a little bit over on our time. And um, Gary, I really do appreciate the time that you've got for us tonight. Um, John, um, your valuable time is uh, it means a lot to us all. And um, you are always welcome down at Scouser's house. And um, the one thing that Scouser's house is about is education. If um, you want uh, to learn anything about the game, please don't hesitate. And now, Gary, I'm now going to go find your book. And I want a signed copy so I can read it and uh, pass it on and say, I knew the
2: guy.
1: <laughs> Otis, but I know him. He's the best friend of spam.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on, and I've loved it. And I uh, really appreciate the support and helping us all connect to the community as well. Fantastic. No, and John,
0: you. from a, a KWC grad uh, that we didn't even know we were both KWC grads from down in right. Western Kentucky, I love that we have both kind of met together somewhere with soccer here in uh, Louisville. So, you know, it's yeah. a, it's an important part of things that people don't understand yet. If you're not getting yeah. the feedback, keep going, keep going, keep going. There are enough of us that are here that are following you. And yeah, we, we wouldn't uh, have one of only 10 teams in the nation if it wasn't a big right. deal.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, there's no question. And I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the time on here because it was it was fun and and educational. And yeah, I mean, that, that, that's one of the things that's kind of, you know, our mission, obviously, you know, Kenny, you and I had talked before it's like, it's to tell stories, but also the story is we have two very good soccer teams here in Louisville, and this is a growing Mm -hmm. soccer community. It's getting bigger every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Hey, happy birthday, Luca. Cheers. Evan and uh, Katie. Katie. Congratulations. And, uh, we'll see you guys, um, on Saturday evening at uh, a house. Cheers, y'all. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Good night.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you.